This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. comes out Merry Christmas for those who celebrate it um Christmas is fun Christmas is so much fun I uh hi I'm Jazz I'm Jim so Jazz is our resident Christmas expert I wouldn't say expert enthusiast fanatic um I think out of all of them out of all of us I am probably the most Christmassy um Oh, I get the most hyped on Christmas, but I get hyped really easily about anything, to be fair. Like, every time of year, I'm like, oh my god, Halloween is my all-time favourite time of year. Like, (laughs) bonfire night, all-time favourite night of the year. Okay, Christmas, favourite time of year. Um, But I know a little bit about, like, the way that some different cultures celebrate Christmas, and I've obviously, you know, we've all heard bits and pieces about some of the folklore um and the kind of like origins of some of the christmas traditions but uh i'm excited to learn a lot more because i'm willing to bet it goes a lot deeper than just hey have you heard of krampus oh yeah and we have krampus because i love krampus gotta have krampus um, in there. it's not a christmas episode if we don't no, have krampus but of course there's weirder guys so i'm splitting this into two sections today first we're gonna have a look at some fun like festive traditions. Excited. And then second half is going to be kind of Santas of the world. <laughs> because, yeah, um, the further afield you go, the cooler they get. Oh, nice. Um, do we have, like, the worst Santa? We have probably the dullest Santa. Yeah. Um, But I don't know, actually. We'll go into him later. Yeah. Um, he yeah. does have one interesting factoid that's D&D related. But, um, Very excited to hear that. Um, we're here, we've got our mulled wine at the ready. It's, like, still the morning, but we're gonna get a drink. I mean, it's, the festive period is a time at which, and mulled wine is acceptable at Mm. any time of day once you hit December. Yeah. Like, and it's 20 past 11, that's acceptable mulled wine time. (laughs) Breakfast mulled wine, lunch mulled wine. This is one of our traditions, Mm. you know, mulled wine over the festive period. It's a very strong misadventurous tradition. But on booze-related um, Christmas traditions, let's start our first one. Oh, amazing. Um, so we're going to go to Wales. I assume you know what the wassail is? I've never heard of that. So a wassail is... it's a, Wassailing is, is sort of like trick-or-treating meets caroling. That the idea is you would go house to house, you'd sing, and then out would be brought to you a wassail, which is like a small wooden bowl filled with booze, mm-hmm. and everyone would partake from the wassail. Um, so that's a it's a, a fairly tr- like 
national traditional tradition across most of the UK, the Welsh take it one further. Okay. And I want to do this. I suspect I'd be arrested if I tried. I'm concerned. Tell me more. So, the Welsh tradition of the Mary Lude. The, the name of it is up for a bit of debate. It really became popular or like in the like the early 1800s. But there's two possible definitions for the name. One is Holy Mary, mm-hmm. um, which really weirds me out when we get onto what it actually is, but mm-hmm. they think it's a Christian thing. The other one, which sounds more correct to me, is the Grey Mare. Weird question. Have you ever used a hobby horse? A hobby horse? Oh. You know those sticks of like a... Oh, you like a little, big little... Hmm. Yeah, yeah. The Mary Lord is that, but metal. Okay. So, for your Mary Lord, what you do is you get a large stick. Uh-huh. On top you mount a horse's skull. Like a real horse's Like a real stick. horse's okay. skull. Um, depending on how sharp you want to be, you'll then decorate it. So you'll put like ball balls in the eye socket. Oh my god, um, that's such a horrible you'll, image. You'll have it puppeteered so the mouth opens and closes oh. by a string. And the idea is that... This sounds like Gashburz's dream. It's amazing, and I love it, but... um, And I do know a couple of vets, so I can probably get hold of a horse's skull. Jim, God, please don't. I'm begging you. This Um, is me actively begging you. So, the idea is what you would do on... um, Around the Christmas times is you would have one guy as the Mary Lord. They would be holding the stick. With the um the horse skull mm-hmm. and they'd be under like a like a sheet, almost like a, a toy like a Halloweeny yeah. ghost. Yeah. And they would be followed around by between like four or seven people, all dressed up in um like old timey outfits. So a lot of them would go as like Punch and Judy for some reason. And the idea is you are taken along by your sort of like group leader, who is the one kind of in charge, and you'll go house to house. You'll knock on the door, open it up to this wonderful sight, mm-hmm. and then begins the festive rap battle. Le- that, an actual rap battle? The actual festive rap battle. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. How old is this? 1800s. Rap battles? Rap battles. Like actual rap, though? Well, mm, I'm... <laughs> so, what happens is, um, you, you knock on the door, it opens... The the leader of your possession has a big stick, and he'll thunk, 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 give you a beat. And such then begins the Pwinko. Okay. So what you have to do is, in rhyme, the the Mary Lord has to explain why he wants to come into your house, and you, in response, have to say, no, you can't. But in rhyme or rap. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Is this still practised? Very mildly, yes. Okay. Um, I assume without the real horse's nope. skull. If we're gonna, Still? Uh, yeah. Still. Uh, very like I think it's more done as a oh look how cool this tradition is rather than an actual tradition. Yeah. Um, more more by like heritage societies wanted to keep an idea alive rather than like a trick or treat or a yeah, traditional child yeah. singing. Oh, I love it. That's so wild. So what will happen is you carry out the rap battle. Um, should we have a go? Oh, God. Come on. Okay, well, considering, spoilers, there's going to be a musical surprise at the end of the episode, I suppose we might as well get into the spirit now. So, 
Let me in, let me in, give me all your gin. I would rather take you out and put you in the bin. <laughs> Did it work? Yeah. Did it work? Like, I don't think it's supposed to be done to jingle bells. No. But, uh, and so the idea is this goes backwards and forwards a couple of times until um, traditionally the person inside the house loses and then everyone goes in, raids the cupboards for a bit <laughs> of booze. Um, so it's just like you don't get to win. No. You just get to keep Trying to come up with rhymes until you lose, and then we come in and we take your booze. Yeah. I love it. I also kind of want to join you in doing this now and just, uh, let's we'll, just go around all your neighbors and Should we? Booze. We'll get like a vegan um, skull. <laughs> I can make a Pappy and Mache one easy enough. Yeah, a vegan skull. <laughs> Such a weird way of phrasing it, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, let's just, you can, Jimmy, you can just 3D print one. That sounds fun. <laughs> Amazing. So that's Wales. Do we have any more interesting ones from so, Wales or not Wales? We're now gonna go a bit further afield. You're gonna take the mick out of me because this is all in um sort of like Frenchy Spanish area and I can't pronounce the words. Haha, <laughs> I will help you. We're in Catalan or the Catalonia area. Yeah. Um we are gonna be looking at the Tio de Nadal. Do you know what that is? Uh, Christmas Uncle. Oh, I might have pronounced that wrong. No, yeah. It's, it's... Na, uh, Natal is, is like Portuguese, but to be fair, it, the word Navidad, which is Spanish hmm. for Christmas, isn't in there. Oh, it's in, obviously, we're in Catalan. Yeah. It's in Catalan, which is a language I don't speak. Yeah. So. so I think, I assume Nadal is Christmas. Tio hmm. in Spanish means log. Okay. Uh, no, it means uncle. I assume in Catalan it means... Yeah. So, this is definitely a log, not an uncle, because you really don't want your uncle doing what we're going to be describing at oh, Christmas. No. Um, Jesus. It sounds innocent enough. Mm -hmm. So, basically, what you have um, is a log. It norm What the people normally do is they'll paint a face on it. I assume it's not like a nice chocolate Yule log. No, no, it's like a loggy wooden tree log. Mm -hmm. um, so, it's normally hollowed out a bit, about 30 centimetres long. Mm -hmm. Pair of sticks for some front legs, so it's sitting off a bit, and draw a face on it. They'll give it a little hat. Little, yeah. And on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which is December 8th, mm -hmm. you will give your Tio, your little log friend, something to eat. So okay. you'll be like, here's some chocolates, a bit okay. of cake. And then every night you tuck him in with his blanket so he doesn't get cold. Okay. And so this is more, as you can guess, a tradition for the kids. Yeah. So up to Christmas... The kids are especially in charge of taking care of the Tio. Mm -hmm. They'll hug it, talk to it, sing its songs. Yeah. No, it's, it's like a Furby. Yeah, <laughs> like a Furby, but a log. Yeah. Interesting. It's like if you used like a Chris Dingle as one of those um, like fake, you know, bag of flower babies mm. that you've got to take care of, but just like draw a like, little face on your Chris Dingle. And, so, do you know why they keep such good care of this log? No, what do they do with the log? And I quote from the article I read, Children must take good care of the log, keeping it warm and feeding it, so that it will defecate presents on Christmas Day. Oh, okay, so you fill it with chocolate so it will poop them out it for will... you to eat. Yes. On Christmas. So you just reach up its butt and take the chocolate No, 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 because that's that's far too nice. So on the day of Christmas Eve, 
or depending on Christmas Eve, depending on the, on the household, you will put your tea partially in a fireplace. Mm-hmm. Not so much done these days because not many people have fireplaces. And what you then have to do is the kids will go outside to um, another part of the house to pray. And while they do that, the, pre- the, the, the parents in on the joke will, under the blanket and inside the hollowed out part of the log, put like a load of treats, so like candy nuts, chocolates, little like tiny gifts. Like, Wait, but is the log not in the fire currently? Oh, no. So, the, the fire, I assume, is not lit. Otherwise, it gets oh, really Oh, okay. Good. Right, right. That makes more sense. <laughs> so, the idea is you have some... So, you like, take your log, you put it in the unlit the fire, fireplace. the kids go outside. You'll feel... Like, the parents will fill it with, sort of, like, candies, nuts, turons, which is some sort of... Turon, yeah. It's and, like, um, like a nougat. And small toys. So, in my head, this is full of, like, um, Kinder Egg prizes. Yeah. <laughs> And so, what you then do is, so this is going on while the kids are praying to the T.O. and Jesus to give them good presents. Big J, man. And then they come back in and twat the living shit out of it with a stick. Like a piñata. Like a piñata, but it doesn't break. But it doesn't break. No. You just have to reach under the blanket and occasionally pull some treats out. So they just hit the stick and then you're like, oh, I think it might have pooped something. Let's take a look. Yeah. So it's just like like we get presents from Father Christmas, like a stocking, but yeah. way more interactive hmm. and creepy. And adorable. It, it's no worse than Elf on a Shelf. I mean, I don't. I think the Elf on a Shelf is pretty creepy. Also, you don't beat the Elf on a Shelf at Christmas. <laughs> I wish we could. For, for like chocolates to fall out its ass, you know? Um, but don't worry, it also comes with a song. Oh, God. This is going to be a very musical episode, huh? I'm not. I'm not going to even try singing this in the original language. But fortunately, Wikipedia gave me a translation. Uh, I, I can give it a go in the original language. I mean, I assume it's Catalan, not Spanish. But yeah. Yeah. Shit log, shit nuggets, hazelnuts, and mako cheese. If you don't shit well, I'll hit you with a stick. Shit log. That is incredible. Can I see the original? You can indeed. Um, you'll have song. to be yeah. where my laptop is plugged in. Um, Let's take a look. Huh. Yeah, that's basically... I mean, yeah, I I assume it, it's... Yeah, it's basically shitlog. I mean, or, or poop. But I, suppose, I suppose poop is probably hmm. a more accurate translation to what the children sing. I'm sorry. I'm going literally by the Wikipedia article. That translation was shitlog. So um, did the, the, the Wikipedia say shit, in English shitlog? Yeah. And it is referred to a couple of a fair few times in the Wikipedia article as a shitlog. Incredible. So we're gonna go a bit further afield again. Okay, where where to? In the words of Paddington Bear, deepest, darkest Peru. We're gonna go for this is my one of my. This is one I think we should all do mm-hmm. because. Um, I mean, Latin Americans have some uh, Hispanic people in general, but Latin Americans have some great traditions. So this is the um, tradition of Takanakoi. Have you ever seen the festival episode of Seinfeld? No, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Seinfeld. So. Um, the this is a slightly weird roundabout way to get to this tradition, but um, there is an episode of Seinfeld that goes into the their idea of a non secular Christmas celebration called Festivus, mm-hmm. 
And as part of that, you have what is called the airing of grievances. Right. So it's kind of like the opposite of Thanksgiving. Now, when you yeah, say what you're thankful like, for. Before Christmas, just be like, right, let's get all the beef out on the yeah. table. So in Seinfeld, the idea is it's you air your grievances. from Always Sunny. But the Peruvians take this one step further. Do they fight? Festival yeah. Fight Club. Amazing. Festive Fight Club. Uh, so this is done in the... So it's actually done on Christ, the morning of Christmas Day in the Chumbilavicus province near Cusco in Peru. In the, in the what province again now? The Chumbilavicus. <laughs> oh, Chumbilavicus? Chumbilavicus, yeah. See, this is why I shouldn't do <laughs> episodes with anything remotely Spanishy. On yeah, this. when we finally end up like going to El Dorado, I'm gonna. No, they're all gonna stress. speak like ancient. <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, tell me what they do in Chumbivilgas. Chumbivilgas. So don't worry, this is completely all access. It's not. Uh, it's not like your traditional fight club where it's just dudes. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking access all areas. This is children, <laughs> women, the elderly. Everyone can take part. Um, but it's just a little nine-year-old being like, just throwing hands with grandma, being like, "Why are you so racist?" And it'll be like, "Oh, you cheated on my boyfriend," uh, or "You've nicked the ma- like the newspaper from me porch a couple of times." But um, there are rules because. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's no biting or kicking. Mm-hmm. A ground, oh, a gra- only a grounded opponent. So you can k- still kick and bite them if they're standing. Okay, but once they're down, no kicking or biting. You would like this next one. There is always a referee, uh-huh. equipped with a whip. Yes, amazing. I would like to referee these, please. <laughs> um, but don't worry, it's not a normal boring whip. It's a colourful whip. Ooh! Oh, I really want to referee these! And local police are on standby. Yeah, that's fair. But not only is it festive whips, festive outfits. Ah. So, I love it. that The most common outfit you'll get is people in, like, wildly tie-dyed and multicoloured ski masks. This sounds like my jam! It's, like, the most festive bank robbery. I want to wear tie-dye, get a... Gay rainbow whip, and then like mostly watch other people beat each other up, but also you know beat people up. And then some dicks. some people take it further. You get people wearing stuffed animals as hats. Cool. And then there's also outfits. So you'll occasionally see someone dressed up as a mantid. Oh, like like like, like, like a little praying mantis. Yeah. Interesting. Oh man, it's like fucking violent carnival, and I love it. So, it sounds like my kind of tradition. I agree. This is something that we should do everywhere. So we're now going to go into rapid fire mode. Oh because boy. there were so many I wanted to cover. Yeah. But they were just, there was just too many to cover in an episode. Yeah. Let's go back to Catalonia. Okay. You ha- I assume you've still either had or hadn't seen a nativity. Yeah. What are the most common things you have in your nativity? Well, so I work in a school current... Well, I'm, I'm a training teacher at the moment, and the school I'm currently working in 
Um, a local primary school is having to stay resident in our high school um, because of they've got some like structural problems with the building. And they've been uh, doing their nativity recently. So I saw this big long line of children walking through the corridors and obviously you had Mary and you had Joseph and you had the shepherds and the wise men and they said, oh, look, a star, lovely. Oh, you must be an angel. Very, very nice. And then we had the procession of the aliens. Um, and just as of, out of all the children in the nativity, I swear about half of them are dressed as aliens for it. Um, so aliens? Um, did you have any chance the canaja? Mm, no. You might have done if one of the kids got a bit nervous. And by a bit, I mean incredibly yeah, nervous. No. Let's go back to our favourite shitlog. Poop. The poop. The shitter? The poop there shit? is literally a bloke squatting the corner shitting in quite a lot of Spanish, Italian and Portuguese nativities. That's so weird. Why? No one quite knows. Oh my but god. But it's been a traditional uh, for the last couple of hundred years. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Wow. Okay, next one. Moving on. So fast. So, some of these are, in comparison, fairly modern, but I just have to include them because they made me giggle. Yeah. Um, Caracas uh-huh. in Venezuela, or actually the capital, they have a slightly weird way of getting to Christmas Mass. Do they, like, get the largest member of the family and... Make them pull them on a sleigh. Ooh, no, but we're getting closer. <laughs> Are it's, they pulled along on some kind of vehicle? I'll give you a clue. It's not a vehicle. It's human powered. I, I don't, I don't know. Roller skates. Roller skates. Like tradition. I love the, that. The the well known tradition of roller skating to church. I love that. Oh my god. It's it's such a thing that they now close the streets to cars. From about 8am on Christmas morning, so everyone can skate to church. That's amazing. And it's said that, that um, some kids, uh, the, the kids will sleep with one of the skates dangling out the window with the shoelace tied to their toe. So if they oversleep, their mate can pull on the skate as they go past and wake them up. <laughs> amazing. That's, yeah, that's what you need, you know, just in case. Wow. When did that come about? Don't quite know. I mean, that- I'm assuming... Like last fifty years, because when skates were really popularized. That's so wild, honestly. Latin America. I just it, see all of these best ones. They're like Hispanic countries. We know how to party. Well, they they know how to party. Um. Okay, next one. I'm gonna go to Japan. Ooh. Not a traditional Christmas country, but with a lot of Western influence kicking over. Yeah. They have began to celebrate in fantastic style. Though so, traditional, what would you think is the in a giant air quote, traditional Japanese Christmas dinner. I know this one is KFC. It's KFC. Yeah. With the. They like that big bucket of all the chicken. Uh, they like it so much that you will have to. You th- have to pre-order for like you, a really long yeah, time. Yeah, you have to pre-order so you can get a seat to eat KFC on Christmas. But even like, even, sure, I think even if you're getting like KFC delivery, hmm. you have to like pre-order it like a long time in advance. Fucking wild! I I love. Do you know why people think this is a tradition? Like why why it became to be? Why? What do Santa and KFC have in common? Is it literally because Colonel Sanders looks a bit like Father Christmas? (laughs) He looks a bit like Father Christmas, and the colour scheme is red and white. (laughs) Oh my god, that's incredible! Yeah, fucking great. Why not? Go for it. Enjoy your chicken on Christmas Day. 
Um, we're going to pop over to the Ukraine for a second. Real? Which um, I really like because we have boring decorations. It's tinsel. It's decorate. Yeah. Dangly. Like the Americans have popcorn on strings for some weird reason. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty gross. Ukrainians, spider webs and fake spiders. That's brilliant. Because this is the thing. All of those leftover decorations you've got from Halloween, why waste them? Mm. Just use them for Christmas too. Christmas too. <laughs> Christmas too. Um, so there was a, that, this comes from an old wives tale about a poor woman who couldn't afford to decorate a tree. And I think nature heard her call. And on Christmas morning, she woke up with this beautiful tree filled with spider webs. Which beautiful. I, I, from the way they describe it in the story, it does look nice. It's not, oh God, burn it, it burn yeah. it with fire. Like glistening, sparkling spider's web. Probably not a, a very nice myth if you're Australian, because if you yeah. wake up for a Christmas yeah, day with like Huntsman's. Oh my God, yeah. If you wake up in a spider's web covered Christmas tree, I think you'd burn the, burn the house down. down. <laughs> Not one that I think I'm personally going to take up um, for the Christmas tree, at least. I might make some glittery spiders webs and put those on the Christmas tree. Give that one a go. I, I do have a tradition I think you would like, and okay. I really want to get into. Okay, tell me. Uh, you know, I think you know it. It's Icelandic. Um, oh my god, I'm trying to think of Icelandic Christmas traditions. Do I know it? You know it. You suggested we do it. I don't know. I will attempt to massacre the pronunciation again. Jolabo Kalflod, which is the Christmas book flood. Christmas book flood. What have I suggested that we do? I think it was on the Discord. Yeah. So it's the idea before um, on Christmas Eve that Icelandic families will buy each other a book. Nice. And they'll spend the rest of the night reading it. Aww. That's really lovely. It's a really nice tradition. And it came from at the end of, during the Second World War. When one of the only things that wasn't in short supply was paper. Okay. So yeah, makes sense. giving books out of paper was a very it was one of the few viable options of things you could easily go out and buy. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, I've done a few like book swaps before mm. and I think those are really nice. Like just swap your favourite books, get something new to read. But yeah. it's what the, the really nice thing is it encourages a lot of Icelandic people to read. Yeah. To the point that one in ten Icelandic people have published a book. That's very cool. Mm. Yeah, I think, to be fair, I mean, as a teacher, one thing that is, like, really difficult at the moment is trying to get young people to actually spend time just sitting down and reading. I, I know I find it hard mm. to do, like, make time for even myself. Um, so I love that as a tradition that just, like, especially on Christmas Eve, mm. just, like, sit down together, read some books. Like, yeah, that's lovely. I really, really enjoy that one. Then we'll go, we'll pop over to Sweden. Okay. Who burn a goat? <laughs> I know about the Christmas goat, except it's not supposed to be burned. No. But they they have this big, like, how how big is it usually? It is like at least two stories tall. Yeah, it's like a two story tall wicker goat, goat that they make every, and they, they still make it every single year. And every single year. It, somebody commits arson and oh, yeah. does it. And the, the poor like, Jules Bocken, which is uh, Swedish for the Christmas goat. Yeah, like how many years in a row has it been burnt now? Almost every year since 1966. Yeah. There's been like two years where it didn't get burnt by somebody. So they, they, they've taken it to the point where it's now installed with CCTV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's impregnated with fire retardant straw. Yeah. Um, but don't worry, it had brief success in 2015, where the goat survived until Christmas Eve. Oh no. Oh, yeah. I remember. I'm trying to think. I've, I've not seen much about if it's uh, survived so far this year. I think we need to have a, let's, a let's Christmas goat watch. Let's check on the Christmas goat. Let's have a look. So we are going to pop over to Galv, Sweden. No, this is this is a story that I've read about a lot. And but I really I appreciate not backing down. Um as of twenty nineteen it's been damaged thirty seven times. But that's not not burned. No just so, damaged. But that's not I think that's oh, since nineteen sixty yeah. Okay. Um I'm just having a look to see if yeah, so it's 13 metres tall and weighs 3.6 tonnes. Wow. Stage hacker attacks and kidnappings have also been planned. Oh, it's been hit by a cruising car. Oh my goodness. And subject to a fire and sabotage over the years. Yeah. I assume so far <gasps> no news is good news. There's a webcam. Oh my god, there's um, a live cam. Let's go to goat cam. Guys, we are going live to the goat. The goat still stands. Woohoo! Very good. Okay. Um, to be fair, the goat still stands as of today. Which is the 14th. Is the 14th. So, um, when I will, I will do an update when I upload this episode on Christmas Day. I will insert update here onto the status of the goat. <laughs> good morning. This is Future Jasmine. It is 8.36 a.m. GMT. And this just in, the goat still stands. Merry Christmas, everybody. Wow, what a thrilling update. Oh my God, the goat is alive. <laughs> alive, and slash or not. <laughs> um, yeah, love that Christmas goat. Um, if we want to talk about stuff that's alive and or not, oh that isn't Schrodinger's cat, let's go to the Island Man and hunt a wren. Okay, I'd aren't wren like small? Yep, they're small birds. They are they? small birds. They're about the size of a robin, even yeah. smaller. If you go out on Boxing Day on the Alaman, you'll find you might find a group of men and women singing and banging sticks. I don't think that's gonna bring them. I don't think that's gonna attract birds, guys. I hate to break it to you, but I think most birds are not a fan of loud noises like singing and banging of sticks. But originally, what they would do is scour the countryside looking for the sacred bird to trap and kill as a sacrifice. <laughs> Before it, it was, is a sacred bird, we uh, must kill it. it. So the idea would then be plucked and buried at the local church with much pomp and ceremony. Jesus. But don't worry, it's slightly nicer these days. How do they know which wren is the sacred one? I think it's more, you know, like the yeah, Egyptians yeah, thought yeah. the cats were, or yeah. like quite a lot of Indian Yeah, except think. Egyptians protected mm. cats. Um, so they've now been a lot nicer. You will now have an artificial wren, which is placed within a fake bush. And they now go around house to house carrying it to show it off. That's so weird. That's just because, like, at a certain point, if you're at a point in mm. tradition where the main part, which is the killing of the sacrificial wren, is no longer part of that tradition, why continue it? Why go around and be like, "Hey, look at this, look at this sweet 
fake bird we got. Um, we hunted it and caught it. We sacrificed this fake bird that was never alive. So good. Are you impressed? And I'd be like, no, fuck off. You can't come into my home. Like, a guy with a horse's head on a stick just came here and, like, challenged me to a rat battle. This is nothing. Um, so, one theory they have why the wren is... The way people att- take out revenge on the wren is that it's a reincarnation of a... Ch- uh, there. That is the reincarnation of an enchantress who lured Manx men to their deaths. Yeah, fucking let this Bren just do her shit. So we're going to go for one last one and then we'll take a break okay. and come back and talk about Santas. Um, we're going to go a, a quick and dirty one. <laughs> just how I like it. <laughs> who is your favourite Rick and Morty character? Um... Oh, Jim, that's such a such a deep and loaded question. I don't think it's going to be whoever is it, you're assuming. Is it Pickle Rick? Absolutely not. Because if you're German, it probably would be. Um, there is a German tradition that you would hide a glass pickle upon your Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. The, oh, I have heard hmm, of this one, yeah. The child who finds the pickle first would be awarded an additional present or be first to open their gifts. Nice. And if an adult wins, it's thought to be good luck for them. Fair. Fair. Are we sure this isn't just like a tradition that was born out of somebody who had a particularly nice glass dildo that happened to look a bit like a pickle and and like they were trying to hide it from their family really quick, so just shoved it in amongst the trees mm. and then one of the kids found it and was like, Mum, Mum, what's this? And she was like, oh, didn't you know? It's the it's the Christmas pickle. Yeah, it's the Christmas pickle. Hand it here. Don't touch it. No, no. Get the gloves. No, no, the no, pickle no. gloves. Pass, just don't don't think about it too much. Yeah, Christmas pickle. Uh, uh. Open your gifts. You get you get tangling, You get you get an extra present this year. And mum gets um. to bleach this thing. <laughs> and on that lovely note, should we go to the mid episode break? Yes, Spare our audience from any more filth. So I hope you're enjoying the festivities so far, but as per usual, we're going to put in partway through and have a chat. It's Jasmine's Christmas Corner! Festive funhouse. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we'll make this relatively brief. We've just got a few things to, uh, to tell you about. Our next episode of The Misadventures will be coming in January, and that'll be the actual The Misadventures, so that will be the third Thursday in January, which is January sixteenth. Um, sometime, hopefully, towards the end of January, we're going to be recording a new Switch series episode, uh, which Ella is going to be DMing. We'll have more details about exactly who's going to be in that, who's who we're going to be uh, collaborating with, and which feed that will be on. Are we going to be talking about the super special theme of it? Yes, yeah, we well, that first of all that won't be on the misadventurous feed, that'll be coming out on um one of our one of the feeds of our partner podcasts within the Darkmoor Podcast Network. But it is going to be an all female episode, all ladies, um, because most of them have been a little bit boy heavy so far, so we're gonna have our it's fucking fuck you, it's our time. <laughs> um 
But yeah, you can, we'll, you know, keep you all up to date on that through our episodes, but also through our social media. Jim, where can people find us on social media? Twitter on yes. the Moose Adventurers. Yeah, MS Adventurers. The best place to find us is the Darkmoor Podcast. Yeah, the Darkmoor Podcast. Discord. Discord. Um, which there's a link to either on our Twitter, on any of our partner shows Twitter, which are Advantage, How Friends Roll, Playing Play character. character, and Fun But Why. Oh, or on the Darkmoor Podcast website, website which is www.darkmoorpodcast.com. Um, if you want to get in touch with us directly, we have the Misadventures Podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, Christmas, this, you know, this festive season, it's all about, it's all about love. It's all about giving. It's all about, you know, sharing. And, uh, what we would like from you is very simple. We don't want, we don't want you to shower us in gifts. We want just a few simple things. We would like some nice reviews on whatever podcast app you use, but iTunes is the most effective um, in terms of letting other people know that we're out there. Reviews really help, or we just kind of get lost in amongst the crowd. And, or just, you know, if you can't do that, then just tell people. Hmm. Word of mouth. It's better than any advertising. Yeah, if you, th- if, you enjoy, if you enjoy what we do, if you have fun with us and you think somebody else might have fun with us as well, then, uh, you know, just send, send us their way. Give it a go. Um, and then the last thing that we would like from you for Christmas, if you so wish, and I know that this is coming out on Christmas Day, so it's probably a little bit late for you to want to buy Christmas gifts from there, but uh, you should check out our sponsor. Jim, tell us a bit more about our sponsor. We are sponsored by dandice.co.uk. They make many clanky dice toys, mass dice. And I need them. So many dice. They've got so many dice. One day I'm going to crack and spend 400 quid on the Damascus Steel ones because they are beautiful and terrifying. Mm-hmm. But they start at the low, low price of under a tenner. And yeah, I think the, the cheapest acrylic dice are like £5.95 hmm. or something like that. And they are so nice. With free so UK cool. shipping and very, very low international shipping as well. I Actually, because this comes out on Christmas <laughs> Day, I can say this and it's not spoilers or anything. I have bought one of my uh, brothers his Christmas gifts. Cosmo or Kia? Cosmo. Um, Cosmo has got a really gorgeous glittery red hmm. dice tray that folds. Oh, the leather down. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it folds in and it folds up and down so you can hmm. like fold it out flat so you can put it into your bags but then clip it together and you've got a lovely little hmm. dice tray. I've got some beautiful uh, sparkling red dice that go Aww. with it. And the dice all come with little potion cards. Um, they come in lovely packaging. It is just really god. And I, if you use the code misadventure like I did, we you get five whole percent off. Yeah. So uh uh misadventure that's all caps or if you go to www.dndice.co.uk slash misadventure, um it will put in the offer code automatically for you. Otherwise it's misadventure all caps at checkout. One final thing, um if one, if if you what you got for Christmas was just some money to spend on a little, a little something for yourself, maybe go out and think about consider visiting uh, a certain online shop where you could maybe get some misadventurous related merch. Oh yeah, Jim, don't tell us all. Shameless more. plug. I now have a Etsy. I laser cut a load of stuff. So if you go to Etsy.com/slash Makers Mission Store. 
And can, we'll put a link to that in the description for this episode as well. You can see that there is currently a Gaspers themed egg pain. Yes, there is. But over time, I'm going to start doing some more and more stuff. Mm-hmm. We're uh, thinking of a few different ones. Yeah. So um, I'm actually currently wearing a beautiful wooden pin. It is glittery and delightful, and it's got a, a kind of picture of a nat one on it, and it says "Crit Happens." Um, I need to put that on the website. Well, there you go. So, hopefully by Christmas, this pin that I am wearing is something that you will be able to purchase for yourself, or for your friends, or loved ones. And all money will be going back to funding this podcast. Yeah. Because it's not cheap to do. No, yes. So, uh, our Christmas gift to you this year is this podcast. Um, We've probably rambled on a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, with that, should we... Get back to the... uh, Myth Adventurer! And we're back. Okay, so now that we've finished talking about uh, the traditions, let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend himself. James Nixon. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, know, Santa. Saint Nick. Good old Saint Nick. So, I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail because I think everyone knows he was um, a saint. Uh, I think he was German. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he was a D&D character, what class would he be? Oh, um, that's interesting. I mean, I would almost be tempted to say artificer. If well, we're going through, like, he makes all the gifts himself. Well, we're going by the theory he can theoretically cast six-level necromancy spells. So he's a necromancer? Yep. Um, so this is a, this refers to a, a legend of him, how he resurrected three children who had been murdered and pickled in brine by a butcher, planning to sell them as pork during a famine. Is this in Germany? Yes. Amazing. I know we shouldn't laugh, but... Yeah, which, who knew Santa was such a hero? Which makes me think that he he can do Create Undead, a six-level necromancy spell. Yeah. You can only cast this spell at night. Choose up to three corpses of medium and small humanoid size. Mm-hmm. Each corpse becomes a ghoul under your control. The GM has game statistics for these creatures. I mean, technically I don't think the children came back as a ghoul. Um, I, I suppose we don't necessarily know. But that's an interesting thing. This is yeah. my theory, anyway. Or maybe he just has like lots of diamonds and can get to cast <laughs> resurrection. Okay, we've gone from one metal version of Santa to the metal Santa. The metal Santa. Where is the metal Santa from? He or not? Not so much that dark, dark metal. More yeah, just no, metal. Ah, metal. <laughs> I don't think metal singers go. Ah. Um, <gasps> you should know who I'm talking about. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Um. Is this Krampus? This is Krampus. Krampus. My good Austrian boy. Um, so. For any, if anyone hasn't heard of Krampus. So Krampus is basically the Christmas devil. Yeah. That he's very much portrayed as your traditional With goat, his, legs, yeah, goat horns. legs, horns. He's so cool and I love him. <laughs> um, so. Cheer man Krampus sitting in the tree. So um, he traditionally comes along on December 5th. With St. Nicholas. They both go around together, because they're good chums. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Nick will put... Can say it how it is, they're boyfriends. They're boyfriends. Best friends and lovers too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so Santel, St. Nick will put candy and treats in the shoes of good children and birch twigs in the shoes of the bad. Krampus, on the other hand, um, will beat children with birch branches <laughs> if they have been naughty. He'll just take the, tri- the twigs that Father Christmas, yeah. that St. Nick put in. He's like, oh, there's some twigs you know what to do, Krampus. Whack the children um, If you've been a particular dick of a child, mm-hmm. he'll stuff you into his sack, haul you off to his lair to be tortured and eaten. Amazing. That's that's what Boris is getting for Christmas this <laughs> yep. year. Fingers crossed. Um, though, not theoretically now to do with Christmas. Mm-hmm. With quite a lot of Christmas traditions are. So, yeah. for example, um, the Christmas, the idea of bringing a Christmas tree into your house is a pagan one. It's the idea of you're bringing, yeah. um, because it's an evergreen, that they, it's bringing like, eternal life into your house. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, Christmas Day is uh, I think the birthday of the Roman sun god. And the idea they did it, Christianity put it on the same day as that, so it was an easier transition over. Okay, yeah. Um, but Kram- yeah, because like actual Jesus was born September-ish. in September. Like- oh, see, I thought it was like like January twenty first. Oh. I've heard September, but I think it varies. I could be very wrong, yeah. Um, but so he is thought to be a pre-Germanic pagan tradition mm-hmm. coming from Krampen, which is Claw, and he's thought to be the son of a Norse god of the underworld, Hell. Love it. Um, unsurprisingly, the spoil sports of the Catholic Church Boo. attempted to ban him in the 12th century because of his resemblance to the devil. Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening in the Catholic Church. But I need to, like, one year I am determined to get to Leeds in Austria because they have the Krampus Parade. Yes. Which is the, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Um, young men in the town dress up as Krampi, Krampuses, and they parade through the streets in a, like an ancient pagan ritual meant to disperse ghosts. Brilliant. See, it's just like, it's like the Santa Dash. Um, I don't want to read the next line because you'll judge me for it. Um, Do it. They march dressed in fursuits. <laughs> of course you want to do it. Uh, cardboard masks and carrying cowbells to go bong bong, bugger off ghosts. Confirmed, Jim is a Christmas fairy. Uh, why does it's also known as the Krampus Run? Oh, the Krampus Run. Um, it. It's now taking a resurgence through Austria, Germany, Slovenia, Hungary, and the Czech Republic, and some places in the States. Cool. Yeah, let's just organise a Liverpool one. So, let's now head off to Holland. So, the next guy we're going to talk about is Sinterklaus. Sinterklaus? Um, well, not so much Sinterklaus, because he is very obviously just a Santa Claus. Yeah. We're going to dive into his helper, Jvart Piet. Okay. Um, we don't normally go into controversy on this podcast. Mm. It's mildly controversial. Okay. Um... Yeah. He is traditionally... Oh, is this the blackface one? This is I've the blackface one. Yeah, I've got a Dutch friend, um, and yeah, she was, she's was. she been telling me about this. So, in, in the similar way to how Krampus works, he will punish kids by taking them away in a sack. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite like, yeah. Um, but Javad Pete himself is thought to be based on a Spanish Moor. So, yeah. someone who is... Uh, Spain, who was of Muslim descent. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this means that in modern representations and festivals, 
This gives the people an excuse to go out in blackface. Yeah, it's like very, very normal still. Um, but it, it gets even weirder because they'll be dressed in sort of like Renaissance rainbow yeah. tie-dye outfits in like black curly wigs and bright red lipstick. It's it's a bit gollywog. Huh? Yes. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know what the gollywog is, be glad because yeah, it is really racist looking. Yeah, it's difficult. Hmm. Um, I will see if I can find what my uh, my Dutch friend said about it. So while you're looking, we can go into a bit of the backstory. Um, so there's some theories that Sinterklaas and Svartpiet come from um, Nordic background of the Wild Hunt of Odin. Mm-hmm. So Odin himself is supposed to be inspiration for Sinterklaas, riding his white eight-legged badass horse Slepnir, and he would fly through the air as the lead of the Wild Hunt. And he'd be accompanied by two black ravens, Hugin and Munin. And these would listen in the same way as uh, Svartpiet would do to the chimneys of homes um, they visited to tell Odin about the good and bad behaviour of mortals below. So they think right. that um, the aesthetic of the raven and the colour scheme of them is carried mm-hmm. through into Svartpiet. Um But yeah, I yeah, I would say Google it, but it does look really racist. But yeah, then so um, it's called Black Piet. Piet. Mm, yeah. Oh, so I think it is, um, it has been banned in some places, but it's still happening anyway. Um, and she actually said it's ruining the holiday for mm. a lot of people, Have like the kind of, she obviously associates it with a lot of happy nostalgic mm. memories, but can't really be happy looking at it anymore for obvious reasons. And um, she says what makes it difficult is that for a lot of them, it's hard to imagine why it would be seen as mm. racist um, because a lot of them grew up in a very white yeah. environment. So racism against black people was not a thing, mm. really, um, because there weren't black people. Yeah, around. and I think especially um, for... They don't see it as black people. It's more a creature that happens to have black skin, mm. um, like how Smurfs are blue. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> um So for a lot of people who have either had experience with it or practiced it throughout, you know, time. It's not something that's related to black people. Hmm. But, but black people. It, but it's... But there's yeah. the cultural kind of, modern cultural but, connotations. There is the, mod- the cultural connotations, which is why it's not practiced anymore and hmm. is banned in a lot of places. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how much of a big thing something like that still is. But it is also very gollywog-esque hmm. and it is... You know. Should we talk about something slightly jollier? Yes, let's. And some Icelandic mad lads. Icelandic mad lads. I love an Icelandic mad lad. Is it Santa? Is no. It Icelandic mad lad. There's only no, no, because there's only because Santa's only one. There's thirteen. Thirteen, thirteen different Santas. Thirteen different Santas. Literally called the Yule Lads. The Yule Lads! Oh my lads, god! Lads, lads, lads. Lads, lads, lads. Um, so... <laughs> Literally Christmas Eve, it's lads on tour. Oh no, it's not even Christmas Eve. It's, it's no similar to how Hanukkah works, that you get eight days uh-huh. and like more and more presents per day. Yeah. Thirteen days. No. Thirteen boys. Well, I suppose thirteen, the twelve days hmm. of Christmas kind of... <laughs> it's that of Christmas. <laughs> Uh, 13 lads. What do the lads bring you? Um, the lads 
Um, so the idea is you place one of your shoes on the windowsill, but good boys and girls will uh, be left candy and other presents if you've been a bad boy. Um, the lads will get you. <laughs> the, the, the lads are not subtle about expressing their disapproval. What will they fill your shoes with? Shit. No. Coal. No. Piss. Rotten potatoes. <laughs> That's so specific. Very fair. But, do you want to... Uh, this is just parents who are like, oh shit, we forgot to cook those potatoes. Ah, oh, kid's been a dick this year, we'll just put them in his shoes. You joke. Um, in, the, in 1746, parents were officially banned from tormenting their kids with monster <laughs> stories about uh, the Yule Lads. <laughs> Or the Yule lads, they're coming for you. They'll take you for a cheeky Nando's. Um, but should we go through the names of... Uh, what, what? Yes, yes. What are these lads called? Uh, we, we start with Sheepcoat Cloud. <laughs> he tries to suckle use in farmer's sheep sheds. Nice. Gully Gork. He steals the foam from buckets of cow's milk. <laughs> Stubby. He's short and likes to steal food from frying pans. Nice. Same. Spoon licker. <laughs> You'll never guess what he does. Does he lick spoons? Um, and his um, good sidekick, pot scraper or pot licker. Nice, nice. He is sadly um, pots and pans rather than... Pot, yeah. And you'll never guess this next one, uh, what he gets up to. My goodness. Bowl licker. Does he by any chance lick bowls? But not any old bowls. He will steal the bowls of food from under your bed. Which was something of an Icelandic tradition okay, to keep like a midnight gonna, snack down I'm, there. Okay, I was going to say like, well, good luck, mate. I don't have any balls under my bed. Door slammer. Does he slam doors? And keeps people awake. <laughs> These guys don't sound nice. Skir gobbler. Like the skir is in like the yogurt? Literally like the yogurt. <laughs> Same. I am the skir gobbler. <laughs> Sausage swiper. <laughs> it's you. I actually sound really good. <laughs> Window peeper. Oh, oh dear. He likes to creep outside He's windows and see. No, Santa. Door sniffer. Oh, these are getting creepy. He has a huge nose and an insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods. Oh, I don't like it. Meat hawk. <laughs> he snatches any meat left outside, especially smoked lamb. Okay. And last but not least. Candle beggar. He steals candles, which used to be a sought-after item in Iceland, bearing in mind it's dark all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this tradition just came from, like, one person, really fucking gullible family that just kept on getting robbed. <laughs> oh no, it's the Sky Gobbler! Where's I like, go? oh, t- last night I saw a different, like, I, I saw one of the Yule lads peeping through my window. No, I don't know what the Icelandic version of Brenda was. No, Brenda. No, Una, I'm I, I'm sorry, Una, my actual friend. It's the only Icelandic name I can think of. No, Una, it's just. Oh no, Henna as well is Icelandic or Finnish. Um. Oh. Um, okay, so Yule lads. You also. There's also the Christmas cat. Okay. Please Go- tell me the Christmas cat is not as creepy as the lads. Oh no, it's worse. Oh. So it will prowl around the countryside on Christmas Eve and eat anyone who's not wearing at least one piece of new clothing. Okay. So, anyone in Iceland over Christmas, you at least buy your mate, uh, at least buy like a new pair of underwear or something, and you'll yeah. be safe from the Christmas cat. Horrifying. Yeah. Iceland. What the fuck? Um. Let's. Have we got any more like happier Santas? Maybe. Hmm. 
We've got. We we can go for another interesting Santa. Okay. I assume this gets released. Yeah, this is definitely released after the start of our new arc. So yeah, this yeah. isn't going to be a spoiler. Uh-huh. Basque Santa. Basque Santa. Uh, I really have problems pronouncing his name. It's something like the Olent Zero. Okay. Who is a giant. Ooh. Um, Or one of the race of Jetilac, who are a race of mythical giants living in the Pyrenees. Mm -hmm. So what happened was, um, one day, long, long ago, a glowing cloud in the sky appeared. And everyone who looked at it couldn't quite make out because it was too bright. Except for a blind bloke. And then, the Lixus came from <laughs> the glowing cloud, booming out, I will destroy you! No, no, no. No? Jesus. Or Jesus. A, the sign of Jesus was going to be born soon. So what, what then happens is this old guy, seeing the fact that Jesus is going to come, goes to the giants of the Pyrenees and is like, right, Jesus scares eyes the living shit out of me. Throw me off this cliff and kill me. So they oblige. That's a v- I'd, I'd say a bit of an overreaction, but you know, but don't worry. Their own. Um, after that, all but one of the giants then jumps off the cliff, mm-hmm. leaving only one remaining who is Olenzero. And he was like, fuck it, I'm Father Christmas now. Literally, yeah. Fair. Yes, we- Christmas gets weird. I feel this has been a very Christmas-centric episode. We're yes. going to quickly swing by. Very little, like it's very weird that there's not many celebrations over like the December-January period with characters in such a way that you get like like Kwanzaa is not so much a it, it's a modern idea of celebrating Black culture, so it doesn't really yeah. have yeah. or Hanukkah doesn't really have a like a Hanukkah Santa. Mm-hmm. It's you have the menorah that you light and then you get given presents. Yeah. Um, but Japan at least celebrates something over the, the Christmas period. So on New Year's Eve, a Buddhist monk named Hotiaisho <laughs> visits his family. He's the thought to be the Japanese god of good fortune. And he gives gifts out. Okay. A la Santa. Yeah. He allegedly has eyes on the back of his head. Horrifying. Uh, which means he's able to see if children are behaving without them knowing. Horrifying. And he's also yeah. rotund and jolly like Santa. Nice. Okay. And um, one last one we'll jump into. We'll swing back to Europe and we're going to go to Italy. Okay, what does Italy do? Who um, do they have? Theirs is quite cool. They have La Befana, who is a friendly witch. Aww. And I quite like her. Uh, who leaves candies, figs, and other goodies for good children, and dark candies for bad ones on Epiphany. Give me the dark candy. <laughs> Give me the forbidden candy. Um, but parents, instead of leaving her milk, because milk is boring, leave her a bottle of wine. Love it. That's just parents being like, oh, oh no. we've got we've got to get wine. It's for the witch. <laughs> oh, no, Christmas witch. Um... So she's repaid as a hag riding a broomstick in uh, wearing an all-black shawl and covered in soot. Because realistically, she gets covered in soot when she comes down the chimney. Yeah, like, Santa, you playing. But, don't worry, she comes equipped with a broom okay. and is a good housekeeper. Well, there you go. So the idea is she sweeps the floor, bef- uh, so she sweeps the floor behind her before she leaves. 
And so what some people believe is the that act of sweeping is sweeping away the problems of the year. Clean the house like out that. for a nice yeah, new start. Yeah, fresh start. Very cool. So there is a Christian legend behind Bethana. Uh, it was thought that she was approached by biblical magi, or the three wise men, taking a really big detour if she's supposed to be in Italy. Yeah. But, you know, she's got a broom. She can fly. And, very nice. This was only a few days before the birth of Jesus. So they managed to get Italy to Bethlehem at, like, a marathon pace. Jim, it's magic. It's. You know, maybe she had a portal. <laughs> they decided to ask her for directions to where God was, or to where Jesus was. Okay. Um, unsurprisingly, she didn't know. Yeah. So yeah, She was like, um, who? Who now? Sorry. So what happened is, she was like, right, I'm being a clean freak. I've got the nicest house, like the cleanest house in the village. Keep it mine for the night and you can carry on. Mm-hmm. They obviously took a bit of a shine to her because she was invited by the three wise men to join her on the trip. Um, but she was like, oh, sorry, I've got too much housework. <laughs> um, I love it. But what happens was later on, she regretted that and was like, oh, book, I really should have gone to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I oh, missed out on that one. So she, she spent the rest of her life trying to search out the three wise men and Jesus, but to no avail. Um, so it means to this day that she's... I mean, I'm sorry, but that wasn't... She obviously wasn't looking very hard because, <laughs> you know, from what I've heard, Jesus, he didn't hide himself, <laughs> you know? He... He but, had quite a public platform. But you think that was a, a public platform, uh, mainly in like an area fairly far away from Italy. Well, true, true. Um, so what happened was she now she regretted it so much that she now is still search. Uh, the idea is she's still searching for the baby Jesus, and now leaves good uh, children toys and candies or fruit, and bad children get onions or garlic. <laughs> I would love onions and garlic. I'd love garlic. Yeah, just give me some nice garlic oh. for Christmas. Like, rotten garlic. That no. I wouldn't like so much. No, no rotten potatoes. No rotten potatoes. No garlic. But, like, yeah, leave me onions and garlic. I'm happy with that. Oh, I love this weird, clean freak, candy-giving witch. She's beautiful. She's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, these have been some wonderful Christmas traditions and Christmas figures, Jim. Thank you very much. There were so many more, but it was like, right, we were going to... Well, I guess we'll just have to look at some more of them and next, next Christmas. Time, next. Um, thank you so much for tuning in with us today for the festive season. Um, we do have a festive surprise. Mm-hmm. God, that uh, sounds terrifying. A festive surprise uh, at, once we've all finished up, so don't go anywhere. Um, but for now, we'll... Uh, We'll see you next. We'll see you next month. We'll see you in January for our next uh, real episode. Misadventure. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Jingle bells, it's dead smells, Gashmer's loves her egg. Sam is making breakfast and Delilah's making bread. Hey, jingle bells, it's dead smells, Gashmer's loves her egg. Sam is making breakfast and Delilah's making bread. Dashing through the sky on their two faithful steeds, exploring the world, doing their good deeds. 
loving slaves to fight. What fun it is to free a town and slay a king tonight. Oh, jingle bells, Catherine smells, it's the thousand eggs. Sam is making breakfast and Delilah's making bread. Oh, jingle bells, it just smells, Catherine loves her eggs. Sam is making breakfast and Delilah's making bread. Thank you.